With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Peace, family. Talk Radio. Peace, family. This is Nikki. Um, Thank you for joining us this morning on the West Coast for the second episode of It's That Easy. I am Nikki, and just give us a quick moment as Coley Cole is dialing in, as well as our guest for this this morning or afternoon for some of you, Ice Life. So I hope everybody is having a wonderful morning. I'm just trying to get things rolling. Uh oh, um, bear with me. Hey, hey. Coley Cole, can you hear me? There you yes, are. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you. <laughs> oh, good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Look at Nikki, Nikki holding it down in the studio. <laughs> I'm trying. And I see that our guest, Ice just dialed in on the line. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, okay. All right. We. You know, we, I have to give big props to Nikki. We had to do some uh, some, some problem-solving, per se, um, and she figured it out. She said, I'm just going to create a new show, bada-boom, bada-bing, held it down, Boom. got us going at 11 o'clock. So, I mean, wow. That's, this is, I mean, now what's interesting is we want to say thank you for coming back. Uh, this is our second show. Uh, so we're still getting the logistics of uh, how to get to all of you, but we're just excited. We really appreciate all the feedback we got from from y'all last week. Um, we were so nervous. I I know I was sitting in my spot sweating. I think Nikki Nikki was sweating too. That's just I can feel. I think we have that in common as well. Um, but the feedback that we got from 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 everybody about this the synergy the connection and the flow really helped us uh, feel like, okay, you know, we're, we're in our element. We are in our element. Absolutely. And, uh, I was, right. Right. So I, just, I just wanted to take a moment to thank everybody. The emails, the text message, Nikki, I know you said you got some, you know, a lot of people hit you up. I did. I so did. I and, and, and like night, Nicole said, yeah, yeah the, the feedback was, was phenomenal. So I'm, I'm happy to be here today. I'm happy to be here, and I'm also happy that we have such a dynamic and just inspiring guest. Ice Life is joining us, and I am in my car, <laughs> and I I don't have all my notes in front of me. I'm going to try to try to get to what, some of my notes, but I was listening to an interview, and so I'm just going to give you my my personal, and then I'll get to my notes as I'm getting it. And I was listening to an interview, and and um, I was listening to this brother talk, and something that, I mean, in a 30-minute interview, he probably dropped so many jewels that I thought were just, I mean, just dropped jewels, like, so freely. Um, and he was talking about business, and I think anybody who's, 
who's trying to go into business for themselves or thinking about starting a business, and he was talking about something that I, I just think is, is I can take, you can take it in everything. He said that business is the art of efficiency. I love that it, quote. Yes, yes. <laughs> business is the art of efficiency. I wrote it down like three times. And that <laughs> success monetarily comes from efficiency. And that's why I just want to give big props to Nikki Nikki because, like, literally, real talk, we figure out how to get in. And we, we were all set up. We thought we were set up, but it, 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 it didn't say we were ready. And just real quickly, she said, I'm just going to start a whole new show. And within, like, 30 seconds, she created Which a whole new show. Which is efficiency. Efficiency. Very efficient. And so I am just like, I literally, I'm driving and taking notes. I wrote that down. And then I have this, as we talked about last week, oftentimes we will make an observation about something. And then here comes the experience of that observation we're making. So Nikki, yeah. Nikki, thank you for, for, you know, now we just have that experience of, of efficiency. So, you know, just to put it into context, I do want to say thank you so much, Ice, for giving us, uh, your time, I mean, time is, is the most precious thing, our concept of time. I think uh, we kind of don't ascribe to time so much over here. But thank yes, you for ma'am. giving us this, your presence, your presence on the line with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want well, to say I'm, that – go ahead. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just honored to, to, to be here, and, and I think it's, it's fresh that y'all are adding to the ether. So I'm, I'm glad to be in the conversation. Wonderful. If you're not familiar with Ice Life, I do. We do have some notes on our show, um, and, and we do want to acknowledge that he is a musician, community organizer, educator, and a CEO of a successful production company. Um, and his firsthand experience at the, which I love Nikki's words, at the intersection of civic responsibility and personal success slash growth. Um, and his own unique voice, and, and we're kind of talking about this poor, righteous teacher complex. That's the name of our show. And, mm-hmm. um, Nikki, I'm going to pass it to you so you can just kind of give us the framework for that. Sure. Okay. So um, today's topic being the poor, righteous teacher complex. Um, and so I'll, I'll start with my perception or personal definition of who the poor righteous teacher is perceived to be. And later on, I'd like to uh, delve into uh, my own conclusion as I was writing down some notes during the week about, you know, just thoughts that were popping up in my head around the topic. I want to get into my conclusion of who the poor righteous teacher actually is, right? But I'll, I'll start with who this person is perceived to be in the community, right? And, and to me, ultimately, the poor righteous teacher is your average so-called conscious person, right? And we can get onto YouTube any day of the week. We can go into any, you know, a so-called conscious community event activity in the community, and, and we can identify what this community looks like. These are the folks who typically come up out of the, the hoods in, you know, any part of USA, you know, um, and and they recognize on a social level, on a political level, on a historic level, that there is a problem with the way that 
so-called African-Americans, black folks, you know, we've, we've got all of these differentiations of how we define a, a very specific and ultimately um, the, the same group of people. We've got all of these different names, blacks. You know, mm-hmm. there was a period in time we were mm-hmm. colored people. There was a period in time mm-hmm. we were Negroes. There was, you know, now we niggas, mm-hmm. right? However you want to identify that particular group of people, there is a, a, a percentage of people that, that ultimately find themselves beginning to wake up and figuring out that there is something wrong with the fact that how we identify this particular group of people in America tends to be a very negative perception. The, the historic legacy of these people is, is often uh, bound to slavery, right? And, and this very mm-hmm. defeated sense of both internally who we are and who the world perceives us to be. And so when I began to think about this, this topic of who is the poor righteous teacher, these are the people who we call conscious. These are the people who wake up. And they have a sense, we have, I'll say, because I, I relate to this group, we have a, a certain sense of loyalty to our specific community that implies the idea that poverty is necessary in order for us to maintain our down and our commitment to our people. Authenticity. Authenticity. Excellent word, right? Our downness and our commitment to our community. So that's who, who the poor righteous teacher comes off as, comes off as, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's righteous, he's humble, he's down for the community, um, you know, he or she is about the people, she's in the hood, and she ain't going nowhere. That's who the poor righteous mm-hmm. teacher is perceived to be. syndrome the first thing I, I the first word or the word that uh that is illuminated for me is is righteous mm-hmm. and um i think it's important to uh point out that the syndrome that you're talking about um comes from a well-intended initially anyway a well-intended righteous space and what that what that space is is to uh not only identify that our people are struggling but feel obligated to participate in the resistance in whatever form people feel comfortable with. And that's a righteous mm-hmm. thing. You know, that's a, that's a, a necessary thing. There's a, um, so out of that, you, you start hearing, okay, well, what are people dealing with? Our people are dealing with, with, with struggle. Our people are, are struggling. And so then people commit to struggle, not freedom, not happiness. They commit to struggle. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We use word we use word sound like the struggle continues. You know, um <laughs> the struggle when I was is first real. starting out, yeah, yeah, the struggle is real. And so it continues and it remains real <laughs> because there's this 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 commitment this commitment to it. And not only that, I feel like there's uh then um a certain kind of uh nobility or social mm-hmm. capital associated with how 
graceful you are at remaining oppressed but knowing that you're oppressed. Like, we give away awards for that. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's like an ultimate. I went to, I was was in in Oakland and there's a a brother that, um, of course, I'm I'm from Oakland. I I live in Los Angeles now. And I was in, they they invited me to come back because there's an award, um, an award that the Oakland Fox School District gives away where, uh, first of all, you are, um, you you are honored. Um, it's just in education, of course. You're honored, and then on top of whatever kind of retirement or pension you might have uh, when you retire, they um, they endow you with thirty thousand dollars. You know, so it's a really uh, you know great gift and fund set up by an anonymous donor many years ago in Oakland. And so, um, without saying the the person's name or what school the person was affiliated with, I was calling everybody to go and see this person get this award. And so, um, and I thought it was cool that they were getting the award. So I went there, and they're a colleague of mine, um, uh, you know, many years older than me. And uh, as a given, this brother, this award, you know, they 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 start running down. So first of all, how he's been the leadership at this school for twenty years, and then talking about how the school has been uh, struggling and essentially failing for twenty years. And I sat there and I thought, I said, well, well damn, they're awarding this brother for failing for twenty years. Hmm. If the if the award <laughs> is for his award was for remaining in the trench and failing, mm-hmm. and even though that's not what the um, what the intent of the um, of the people giving the award or the community that was there, nor is that the whole of this brother's accomplishment. He hasn't just failed. He hasn't just not been successful. Nor is he solely responsible for the conditions that make this school be in a space that, that fails. But I think we do have this dynamic across the, the, the scale of us. And I, uh, I brought up, uh, I, I have here in front of me a scale that I illustrated a while ago that I'd like to share with you guys about the scale of black folks. But in this scale, in the sociopolitical scale of black people from the, you know, grassroots person all the way up to the petty bourgeoisie corporate person, and I, and I, I use that term loosely up because I don't think that it's a, a – a linear thing or something that we can look at in a way where one is lower or higher than another. But on that spectrum across the board with black people, um, we do give uh, praise and do to struggling. And it's, and naturally people who are searching for validation, who see uh, small immediate validation for struggling are going to commit to that struggle because committing to struggling is a lot easier than committing to um, victory. It's a lot easier. Mm, that was that was a lot. I wrote some notes and um, the committing, the the committing to struggle, because it's easier. And so, I mean, you've been uh, you've been doing the work on different. I love the word spectrums. And so when you're talking with people, quote, unquote, in the trenches, when you're interacting with people on the other end of the spectrum, do you find any commonalities? Um, yeah. Yeah, I find that um, there's, um, there's a general tone of ready, fire, aim. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a general kind of thing of um, – you know, okay, I'm ready to go, and I'm just going to start going without, like, a real kind of direction. 
there's also a um a lack of the principle of building upon what has already been accomplished. When I meet a brother or sister and they tell me, Oh, you know, I'm 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 doing research right now to now a big player in all of this is what I coined the non profit industrial complex. So we we know of the military industrial complex, we know of the prison industrial complex, but the newest part in this whole phenomena is the nonprofit industrial complex, which is to say that most kind of like organizing or social justice work is now funded by a, a European led foundation or charity effort. So these entities do not fund nor are they really interested in or do they even really know how to measure our our plight. Hmm. Nor are they interested in in our uh our relief or permanent mm-hmm. you know reversal of of these issues. So they fund two things. They fund research and art. So they will say, well, we're giving $150,000 grant if you can prove to me that racism exists in East Oakland. And then here come all of the poor righteous teachers rallying around and, you know, doing research. And poor righteous teachers ain't just a brother with shea butter and incense at the Ashley Flea Market. A poor righteous teacher, teacher, a poor righteous teacher is a brother or sister with a degree in ethnic studies or black studies teaching in a black studies department. And again, remember that this that that the the whole idea of getting a, a degree in black studies is getting a degree as an academic infant. Now that's not popular for me to say, especially amongst my peers. But I went to school with Latinos, elementary school, Latinos, black kids, Asians, and Arabs. Black kids and Latinos. We went to school. We went home, did our homework, watched cartoons. The Asian kids and the Arab kids, they went to school with us, and then they went to Chinese school. Yeah. And then they went to Arab in, in the same day. I'm not talking about they graduated elementary and then they went. No, I'm saying they got up and they were at school with us at 8 in the morning. They were there till 3. And then from 3 to 7, they weren't at some daycare or, you know, running around at home. They're in Chinese school. So by mm-hmm. the time, so they're fully aware of who they are. They don't have odd arguments like we have about who we are. Mm-hmm. And surely, like, I look at students who are 18 years old that come into my classroom, 18 years old, and if they got into a black studies program or something, they have discovered, they ask has been black for 18 years, and they learn they're black for the first time, or they're African for the first time when they're 18. And then yeah. the coldest piece is that they pay the same person who stole who they are from them $100,000 to get a degree in who they are. Come on. So, Come on. So, these are poor, so, this, so these are the people who are in, entrenched in, like, doing research about our oppression or doing a relatively moot mural or art project about our uh, oppression. And, again, it comes from a good space. It comes from a great space. But what they never are thinking about is um, how do we resolve these issues that they have a righteous attitude about? How do we really, because, one, they're willing to negotiate with white supremacy. Two, they are willing to, um, they are absolutely committed to the tangible physical world with no investment in a metaphysical understanding. I mean, they're not beginning to think about this. And and, and then lastly, they can be awarded for failing and struggling. So there's no nothing incentivizing us truly now to liberate ourselves from these positions. And I, I feel like I'm I'm talking your ear off, so I'll be quiet about it. But that that's my, my first my 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 second feeling about it. 
No, that's a, I, I think you brought up some wonderful points, Ice, and, and, and there is, I think, this, this sense of um, commitment and loyalty to struggle, which I find to be so interesting in our community. And, and like I said earlier in the show, I can personally relate to feeling that way, to feeling like I, I grew up in West Oakland, okay, mm-hmm. and, and, and my yeah. family has been in West Oakland since the 40s. So simultaneously, while I felt this sense of pride, right, because our generation is is literally at the tail end of of having personally known the generations that owned property in West Oakland. Our grandparents Mm -hmm. came here from the south to work in the Kaiser shipyards and, and created the communities of West and East Oakland. Right, and so we yeah. we 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 kind of straddle, straddle the fence of this pride that exists in knowing that our grandparents owned land and and had property, right? And then to the other side of the fence, where where there's been this gradual degrading of our value of of ourselves first, but also. Our, our our value of, of what it means to have a legacy. A part of having mm-hmm. legacy is, is having property that we can hand down to, to our families over the generations, right? So there's there's yeah. been this, this gradual sort of blurring the lines between what that loyalty really is. And and I, I, I thought about it one day and it, maybe within the last year or two, and, and I said to myself, oh, that's what it is. We sort of confuse this loyalty that we should have to our legacy of being able to pinpoint and identify when our families came into into Oakland from where, you know, being, being able to pinpoint ourselves on the map to now we have this sense of I'm so West Oakland, I'm so East Oakland, yeah. right? <laughs> And we yeah. have nothing invested in in any of those communities. We don't have yeah. nothing in West Oakland no more. We don't have nothing in East Oakland no more. And then when people come into our communities or, or so-called come into our communities by force, you know, we're we're sitting on the sidelines side kind of licking our wounds and upset about what somebody did to us, right? Yeah. So we're in this, this new generation where, where the lines are blurred because now there's no longer this value for, for having an investment, a tangible investment in your community other than, you know, oh, I, I put up, you know, so-called revolutionary post on Facebook. Um, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, I talk about it, but I'm not, I'm not walking it. I'm not really being about it. And in that way, we don't really see how we contribute further to our our apathy, our our just lack of. And it's not all of us. You know what I should say? I recognize that the poor righteous teacher is really it's a phase, but because in our our false sense of what loyalty is, we tend to think that it's bad or it's wrong to grow out of a phase or to grow beyond a phase. So we say, I have to remain in this space to be down. I have I to wanna, remain I, a poor righteous teacher. I want to say that just um, I, I just want to say that I think your your previous analysis around uh, land and our legacy and what we have that that's just a beautiful analysis, and I haven't heard it framed like that. And I, um, 
I just want to pause and lift that up. I hope that that people are able to go back and really hear that piece of what you're saying, and and that is uh, something that is relevant in Baltimore and D.C. and Los Angeles and West Oakland. This this transferring of being concerned with legacy and actual land being transferred into this false sense of uh, turf pride with no mm-hmm. real. Um, Power over the land. I just, I just wanted to say that I, I thought that, that was really great. I don't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I, and thank you for saying that. Um, and, and yeah, that that was kind. Of, I was trailing off, so you came in at yeah. the perfect time. <laughs> but you were saying, so, yeah. you, were, you were saying, right? So, so as I, I, like I said, I identify with that. I can, I can identify with feeling a sense of. I'm not down for my people. I'm not about my my history and my legacy if I don't stay in Oakland, right? I, I can relate to that, but as as I've as I've grown and developed into this new space of of just really realizing that in me following and and identifying with my spirit, right? I I that's that's the true loyalty, right? That's that's the true compass of 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 success in life, of loyalty in life, right? Because because we've gotten distracted with these outside influences of, of places that we need to put our energy, places that we need to put our commitment. And and as a result of that, undervaluing our 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 spirits and, and the urgings of our spirits, and I've seen too many times people in our communities, those of us who, in order to maintain our hood past, <laughs> in order to maintain our panther past, right, our revolutionary past, we will not say or not do the the greater callings of our spirits for the sake of being loyal to and, and getting the, the kudos from our peers, not realizing that we this this whole thing, this whole life thing is a growing process. So I can I can be about my community, I can be about my history. And I can also have the personal success, right? I can I can be about all of those things and also have the wealth, but and 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 in that honor my my true self. And and you know we we talk all this talk, and especially amongst the the conscious crowd and the poor righteous teachers about you know um, being. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.